Chapter 10 of Fighting the Whales. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Fighting the Whales by R. M. Ballantyne. Chapter 10 Return Home. Six months after our game with the Yankees, Tom Lokins and I found ourselves seated once more in the little garret beside my dear old mother. Deary me, Robert, how changed you are. Changed, Mother? I should think so. If you'd gone through all that I've done and seen since we last sat together in this room, you'd be changed, too. And have you really seen the whales, my boy? continued my mother, stroking my face with her old hand. Seen em? Ay, and killed them, too, many of them. You've been in danger, my son, said my mother earnestly, but God has preserved you safe through it all. Ay, mother, he has preserved my life in the midst of many dangers, said I, for which I am most thankful. There was a short silence after this, during which my mother and I gazed earnestly at each other, and Tom Lokin smoked his pipe and stared at the fire. Robert, how big is a whale? inquired my mother suddenly. How big? Why, it's as big as a small ship, only it's longer and not quite so fat. Robert, replied my mother gravely, you didn't used to tell untruths. You must be joking. Joking? Mother, I was never more earnest in my life. Why, I tell you that I've seen, I and helped to cut up whales that were more than sixty feet long, with heads so big that their mouths could have taken in a boat. Why, Mother, I declare to you that you could put this room into a whale's mouth and you and Tom and I could sit round this table and take our tea upon his tongue quite comfortable. Isn't that true, Tom? My mother looked at Tom, who removed his pipe, puffed a cloud of smoke, and nodded his head twice, very decidedly. Moreover, said I, a whale is so big and strong that it can knock a boat right up into the air and break in the sides of a ship. One day a whale fell right on top of one of our boats and smashed it all to bits. Now that's a real truth. Again my mother looked at Tom Lokins, and again that worthy man puffed an immense cloud of smoke and nodded his head more decidedly than before. Being anxious to put to flight all her doubts at once, he said solemnly, Old woman, that's a fact. Robert, said my mother, tell me something about the whales. Just as she said this, the door opened, and in came the good old gentleman with the nose like his cane knob, and with as good a heart as ever beaten a human breast. My mother had already told me that he came to see her regularly once a week ever since I went to sea, except in summer, when he was away in the country, and that he had never allowed her to want for anything. I need scarcely say that there was a hearty meeting between us three, and that we have much to say to each other. But in the midst of it all, my mother turned to the old gentleman and said, Robert was just about to tell me something about his adventures with the whales. That's capital, cried the old gentleman, rubbing his hands. Come, Bob, my boy, let's hear about him. Being thus invited, I consented to spin them a yarn. The old gentleman settled himself in his chair. My mother smoothed her apron, folded her hands, and looked meekly into my face. Tom Lokins filled his pipe, stretched out his foot to poke the fire with the toe of his shoe, and began to smoke like a steam engine. Then I cleared my throat and began my tale and before I had done talking that night, I had told them all that I have told in this little book, almost word for word. Thus ended my first voyage to the South Seas. Many and many a trip have I made since then, and many a wonderful sight have I seen, both in the South and in the North, 
but if I were to write an account of all my adventures, my little book would grow into a big one. I must therefore come to a close. The profits of this voyage were so great that I was enabled to place my mother in a position of comfort for the rest of her life, which, alas, was very short. She died about six months after my return. I nursed her to the end, and when I laid her dear head in the grave, my heart seemed to die within me, for I felt that I had lost one of God's most precious gifts, an honest, gentle, pious mother. I'm getting to be an old man now, but I am comfortable and happy, and as I have more than enough of this world's goods and no family to care for, my chief occupation is to look after the poor, and particularly the old women who live in my neighborhood. After the work of the day is done, I generally go and spend the evening with Tom Lokins, who lives nearby, and is stout and hearty still, or he comes and spends it with me, and while we smoke our pipes together we often fall to talking about those stirring days when, in the strength and hope of youth, we sailed together to the South Seas, and took to fighting the whales. The End <laughs>